Welcome to the Confessions of a Group X Instructor Podcast. For group exercise junkies and enthusiastic classgoers, we'll explore and uncover authentic, thought-provoking, and heartwarming industry education and inspiration from entertaining, badass fitness pros. And now your host, creator of Warrior Rhythm, Warrior Strength, Warrior Combat, Warrior Revolution, and Warrior Kids Group Fitness Brands, Ellen DeWord. Here we grow. Welcome everybody to Confessions of a Group X Instructor podcast. I have Ingrid here with me today. Ingrid, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I uh, Let's see, Ingrid, you and I actually did meet one another, sort of, right? Yes, I attended your session at, uh, at the Last Idea Conference in, in L.A. Yeah. And we're going to reunite there soon, which we'll yeah. get to. She attended my session. It was the business one, right? Yes. Yes. You were full of um, ideas on uh, creating social events uh, at, at um, one's studio or facility. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun session. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. So that was kind of in the business track mm-hmm. that idea has. So All right. I want to introduce you to our audience just by way. I just want to read your bio so they can kind of get the bird's eye view of your life and what you're doing. And then we'll get into our fun conversation. At the helm of fitness programming for Fitness World Canada, Ingrid oversees 150 fitness instructors and creates innovative class experiences for 80 thousand members across 16 club locations as director of fitness classes. She has a bachelor's degree in human kinetics and master of science degree in exercise health psychology and regularly presents at global industry events and conferences such as Idea World, Ursa, and CanFit Pro. Ingrid is a thought leader and sought after presenter with expertise in fitness programming, management, and leadership. A former US national team member in rhythmic gymnastics, Ingrid parlayed her passion for competitive sport into educating and motivating others to live their best life through self-discovery and pursuit of transformative personal journey of health and wellness. Oh, you oversee a lot of instructors for a lot of clubs and serve a lot of members. That's a moment for sure. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit in your words, a little bit more about yourself. Like obviously you're in Canada based on where you work, but tell us like where you are and a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I'm actually a New Yorker, first and foremost. I was born and raised in Midtown Manhattan. Um, My parents both worked for the United Nations. So uh, that was my upbringing there. Uh, but I was an energetic kid and my mom got me into gymnastics at a young age and um, I ended up in rhythmic gymnastics, which if, if your viewers aren't familiar, that's, you know, the variety with the ribbon and the ball and the um, skip rope and hoop. So it's a little more dance oriented, um, but uh, that definitely um, became my passion and I made the junior U.S. national team at age 13. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, it was 11 years of nonstop training and competing and, um, you know, competing internationally, which was awesome, uh, but, uh, but fairly intense. Uh, but that was 
part of why I ended up in, in Vancouver, Canada, where, which is where I ended up staying, mm -hmm. uh, because there was a coach out there and I really wanted someone to help propel me from the junior national team to the senior national team. So I ended up here and attended uh, the University of BC and continued to compete and basically realized when I when I was ready to retire from competing that um, you know looking towards a profession and a career I definitely was not interested in in sitting still so um, <laughs> something in the direction of sport health wellness and performance um, that was the direction that I wanted to pursue so then I, I ended up getting my degree in human kinetics. Perfect. Did you decide, how did you decide to retire from that? Was it time? Was it like you were at the age where that happens or was it yeah, bittersweet? It's always a tough decision for, for any athlete because that, um, that transition to, you know, real life is, is pretty challenging. Um, but at least with rhythmic gymnastics, there's a little more longevity in comparison to artistic gymnastics, which is, you know, a little harder on the body. Um, but uh, I was, I think at around age um, 19, 20, uh, was, was kind of like, you know, I think um, probably, probably getting to be enough now and I should move on. Um, but there was the Pan American Games in, um, in my last year of competition that I really wanted to um, be a part of. So I kind of made that my, uh, my last hurrah, so to speak, and um, plan to to retire after that, and that worked out well. Mm. This, your your life is remarkable and incredible, and it's an honor. It really is an honor. Got a story. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! I can't believe it. all that you've done already in your life is really it's it's amazing. So, how did you get started in group fitness? So, you got your degree, and then and then how did you end up? Yeah. Group exercise. What's well, your it's, kind of, it's a funny story because it was kind of all mixed in with, with my training as a rhythmic gymnast. My coach basically told me that I needed to improve my stamina and to start running. And I was like, okay, so that just sounds, you know, really not fun, but you know, there I am just kind of going on runs. And, um, I literally ran past uh, a fitness studio and it was the summertime, the windows were open and music was blaring. And a whole I just heard a whole bunch of people like hooting and hollering and like having a great time. So I peek in and I saw what I now know is a, was a hip hop step class. Oh <laughs> so that my goodness. But that's what was going on in there. <laughs> and um, I was like, that looks way more fun than going for a jog for cardio. So um, I just, uh, I signed up for a student membership and six months later, I got my certification to teach classes myself. And um, it was very, it was a very satisfying pursuit, not only to, to support my, you know, athletic training, but as I retired from competing, it was like this, it, it satisfied this performance element, you know, right. like kind of being in front of the crowd. <laughs> yeah totally good segue into and then of course from there all the learning around like gosh I'm, I'm really motivated to do this how come the vast majority of the population isn't <laughs> there's, yeah. there's an opportunity there to really uh you know dig into that's how I got into um doing my master's degree as well in exercise and health psychology I was really interested in how come some people are really motivated to be healthy and fit and others mm. aren't <laughs> so it was uh, an interesting journey Ah, uh, and then, so you started teaching and how old were you then? You were a college student? Yeah, yeah. That okay. would have been ages kind of 20, 21, 22. 
All right. And so what did you start teaching? Was it a hip hop step or was it your one? Did you start? Yeah. Yeah. I started with, with step and oh. then, um, then I kind of went on to, um, you know, get my personal training certification and the company that I worked for had some like corporate contracts. So that would, um, that involved kind of going to company fitness facilities and leading classes there. Um, so I just got into kind of a variety of, of fitness formats from, mm -hmm. from then on. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been nothing but fitness ever since. <laughs> I, that's awesome. I, I, it, we're, it's just amazing to be able to find work and pay a paycheck and in what we love so much, it is exactly. just, uh, so speaking of work and a paycheck, tell me about this massive enterprise, your job, job, your, your, your day job. Yes. How did you go from teaching classes? Because management and leadership and admin is different. It's a different skill set. you know, like, how did you fall into that? Was that just looking for full-time work? How'd you have that opportunity? And tell us about this World, fitness world Canada because you know I don't the only time I've been by the way Canada uh -huh. hold on you're not far is, away you're, you're just a, I'm not that far away from you I'm <laughs> close to you I'm close we're gonna connect we're, we're gonna exactly. I, you're a road trip away but I have gone to Toronto of course for CanFit Pro last August first time there and then were you there at that event no, no. I was not there in person that's right okay we talked about that on the phone mm -hmm. but then I went to BC I wish I would have known. Oh. I went for the Beyonce concert. No way. Oh, and I literally was like trying to find a way to write off the trip. <laughs> I, no, I'm not kidding. I was like, how well, can I write this time, off? Who sure. can I go? Who, what classes can I take or teach? Or what can I do to work? There? Like, oh can I do a pop-up somewhere? And, you know, I was like, who do I know? I even posted on Facebook, like, who lives oh. in Vancouver? And um, I'm so sad, sure. but... Anyway, I did go have the best time at Beyonce. All right. So anyway, tell us about Fitness World Canada. Yeah. Well, gosh, um, I I did start in the industry, um, you know, actually as a contracted personal trainer back in the day, um, working for the YWCA. And it was actually there that I got the opportunity to um, to kind of get into management. Uh, so I was actually at the YWCA for eight years, uh, managing their health and fitness center. Okay. And then I was kind of invited to join what was then um, Steve Nash Fitness World and Sports Clubs. Okay. So that was an entity here that I was a part of for a decade uh, until March 2020. So, oh, we kind of, uh, you know, all had the roller coaster ride. Yes. But um, we reemerged after that four months later, actually, we reopened in August of 2020 as Fitness World Canada. Whoa. Um, with most of our locations, we, we had 23 locations as Steve Nash Fitness Clubs, and we reopened with 16 locations as Fitness World Canada. Whoa. How did you guys, how did you reopen four months into the pandemic? You just, uh, it was a pretty yeah. amazing leadership pivot, uh, yeah. you know, just some, some renegotiations with, yeah. uh, with some banks and, uh, some great partnerships, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was really, uh, as we all know, it was a tough go, but we were very committed to, you know, being there for, for both our, our staff and our members. Uh, and, um, we've been, quite successful and, and are currently the largest provider of fitness in the province. So are you kidding me? Oh, 
Yeah, it's, uh, wow. it's been it's been a pretty awesome ride, but um, I've been lucky enough to really, you know, be at the forefront of all of the class programming. So I get to, you know, wear my creative hat and just kind of invent new formats and teach instructors how to teach those formats and uh, <laughs> oversee, you know, everything that each individual club needs. Uh, because as we know, each each studio, each club has its own character and and needs so it's kind of fun to kind of schedule based on that okay so speaking of you creating programming and formatting for group fitness yeah this is why we are here today we want to learn about your brand new program and i am like really 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 excited about it and for you and i think this is just exactly why this podcast exists to show people what's out there to open their eyes and minds to new things and you've created something really unique so tell us what it's called how to pronounce it <laughs> yeah it's an unusual word but um i have I've created several formats you know over the years but this was really the first one that um i thought you know what, I think I've I got something pretty special here. Uh, so the name of the class format is Masingi, M-S-I-N-G-I, uh, and it's actually a Swahili word. And the word itself means base or foundational. Mm. And I just thought that was kind of a beautiful place to start from uh, a perspective of, you know, I've been in the industry for a long time and we've gotten very good at making fitness very complex. Mm. And I think it overwhelms a lot of folks. So I wanted to kind of pare back and just think, well, what, what do people fundamentally need? Mm. Well, they need lower body movement. They need upper body movement. They need core movement, but you know, movement is movement. Mm -hmm. So I kind of dialed it back to 11 foundational exercises or, or movements. And then I realized that, you know, um, again, with this um, spirit of Eastern Africa uh, mm. and, and really kind of honoring the, the planet, then um, mm. taking the elements of earth, wind and fire was a great language or lens to look through the idea of progressions. Mm. So, um, yeah. Alice, that's, that's yes. Kind of so, okay. What, what, what are some examples of the 11 foundational moves and then tell us about the what in your programming this earth wind and fire concept you and I spoke a little bit on the phone about it and I mm -hmm. I remember what you said and it was really interesting and I love the metaphor of it all too each right, of those right. okay so what are some of the yeah, foundations I mean um again it's it's uh I guess an example would be you know the simple squat right yeah. so we start with a sidestep squat uh that would be the earth movement Mm -hmm. And the wind movement, you add a trunk rotation every time you step to the side. And then the fire variation, you add plyometrics. Mm -hmm. So in that way, you have, you know, a fundamental movement that then adds, you know, rotation or balance and core strength. And then you add the, um, the impact. But if someone doesn't want the impact, they can always dial it back and just stay with the earth variation. And didn't you tell me that in the wind category or layer I don't know what ver verbiage you use around your movement progressions but that sometimes the balance is also incorporated yeah yeah so another example would be um one of the movements is just a hip hinge mm -hmm. uh so you would start out with doing that on two legs and yeah. then the wind variation is into single legs 
and you add an arm movement to that. So again, you're you're challenging your core stability, uh, and and certainly you know balance is important for all of us, let alone uh, an active aging population. So, is um, active is an active aging population part of like part of who you're targeting with this branding, or is it really just all? It's, I'm getting. I'm getting high performance athletes in my classes. Uh, I'm getting seniors in my classes. I'm, I really want this to really break down barriers. Um, and the other really cool thing about the word Masingi, it can also be a name. It can be an individual's name. And in that context, uh, it actually means to come together. Uh, so I thought that was another cool layer of the word because that's what group fitness has always been about, right? Uh, like bringing a community together to just yes. be active and enjoy being healthy together. Uh, so that was, you know, a, a, another component of it all. But um, the the other thing of it is, I mean, I'm not African per se. I mean, that's where we all originated 60,000 years ago. But, um, you know, the 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 Swahili language and um, culture has kind of a special place in my heart because mm. I did get the opportunity to live in Nairobi uh, mm. between the ages of 10 and 13. So my, my dad was transferred there with his job. And um, yeah, I, I had the experience of a lifetime that has always had a profound impact. Uh, and it, I've carried it with me and I've always kind of wanted to see, well, how can I infuse the rhythms, the cultures, the landscape, the animals of oh. the Serengeti, of Masai Mara, of that region oh. into you know the, the traditional fitness mix? Uh, and I think there's there's a lot of really special, inspiring components of that. Yeah, I'm excited to get to music, but before we do, mm -hmm. I, I love the I love the imagery that goes with this earth, wind, fire, and how, again, metaphorically, like the idea of the earth and your foundational moves and being grounded, that just is so intuitive as a metaphor. And then the wind when you mentioned that to me over the phone and I was imagining balancing on one leg and how the wind you know am I is my core stable would I be able to withstand the wind and then fire being like the cardio maybe maybe we're adding propulsion or plyometrics and we're getting breathless and it's that cardio fire and I just it's just so beautiful it's so well thought through and you I can see why you were like, aha, okay, this yeah. is, this is it. I've done a lot of programming, but I'm onto something really special here. So I, I don't know, is there anything more you want to say or add about why you decided to create it? Or was it just like you're creating, you're creating different programming, you've been creating different programming, you create, started to create this and then you were just like, aha, or was there, was there a deeper why to it? I also want to know. So maybe these are two separate questions, depending on how you want to go with this. I'm really excited to hear you say what distinguishes your format, this format, Masingi, from other formats out there. Great questions. Um, <laughs> I think to answer your first question in terms of, you know, um, yeah, again, how it all came to be, I think I was looking for... Uh, quite frankly, a movement, a movement practice for myself. Uh, <laughs> during the pandemic, you know, we're sitting indoors going like, okay, I'm limited on equipment, I'm limited on space. I don't really want to do yoga, I want a little more fluidity and movement to that. Um, and I also really like moving to Afrobeats. So how can I <laughs> put this all together? 
Um, and I realized, you know, it, these conversations that the whole industry is having in terms of, you know, inclusivity, diversity, breaking down barriers. Um, this is a format that you don't need anything except, you know, uh, well, a yoga mat or two. Um, it's nice to, to create a plus sign with those uh -huh. yoga mats because it's multidirectional. Um, at some point, I'm, I'm going to be manufacturing circular yoga mats it's 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 coming they they exist but they're very expensive so i've got to figure that out mm -hmm. um but uh basically a yoga mat you don't need shoes and um you, you just need loose comfortable clothing and you know the uh, the the beat of afro beats is just very um well paced and, and i know we'll get into that in a moment but um those are pretty simple components that yeah. um again will hopefully draw in participation from people who have otherwise felt, um, you know, not included or, or had, haven't had a sense of belonging. Yeah. I like that you said that you created something for yourself. <laughs> I like that because I can relate to that a little bit with my Warrior Rhythm program. Well, actually with, with all my programs, but, but with Warrior Rhythm, I was just really like one of those people that struggled with boredom during yoga. And I felt like kind of like, you know, a little ADHD about it. And uh, I, I felt like it didn't suit my temperament very well. And I thought, well, if I feel this way, then other, there's probably other people out there that feel the same way. And so, and, and, and so then I created something kind of uh, what, what would be my favorite things I could, I could, you know, my favorite things I could put together in one workout was kind of how I selfishly design rhythm, thinking and believing and feeling confident that there's going to be other people out there like me. I don't need to be all things to all people, but also the other reason I like that you kind of did it. And I say similarly created something that I personally wanted is there's an authenticity piece to that too, is there's an authentic, like love and passion about what you brought into the world because it really is what you love the most and feel like doing the most. So I just love the authenticity of that. That's all. And then yeah, the, no, that, yeah. that, that makes sense. And, um, and I think, yeah, it's it, perhaps not for everyone, but I think for the most part, the feedback that I am getting from people who are trying it, um, you know, it's, uh, it's this combination of you get to sweat a little bit, but then you get to stretch. There's a lot of mobility components. Okay. Um, and there's a whole, there's kind of a primal flavor to things. And each of the 11 foundational movements actually has an animal inspiration. Oh. So again, along with, you know, earth, wind and fire, you can definitely relate. If I tell you counts like a lion, that, that makes sense, right? Like you can connect with that. So I think there's a lot of just fundamental language and, and cueing that um, that are really resonating with folks. I also like that you said that it's fairly simple. I agree with you that we, you can see this on Instagram, you know, when you're looking through different types of, you know, fitness accounts and stuff, sometimes you almost see it taken too far. Like you ask yourself like, wait, what? Okay. That looks cool and clever and creative, but what's the purpose of the exercise? <laughs> what are my prime movers? Why am I doing this? Right. Is it effective? You know, is, is it really effective or is it in, or is it safe or is it just cool looking? And, right. and I think with the boom of like Instagram fitness, I do see some of that. And I, I think 
there's a fine line between being creative and having an original flavor and doing things unique with a brand and with programming and sticking to the fundamentals. A squat is a squat is a squat for a reason. A hinge is a hinge for a reason. Those are elemental for a reason. So anyway, that's a little side note, but your program is different already. We can hear from so many reasons. The name is unique. I've, I've, I didn't, I'm not familiar with that name. That's new to me. It tickles my ear. It's new. The, the language that you're using with the earth and the wind and the fire is unique. And the adding the animal names is unique. And so much of it already is interesting and different, but let's take it to, let's dive into music because when you first reached out to me which we didn't even talk about this but Ingrid reached out to me through LinkedIn and I want to just tell everyone in the world that I'm not very good at LinkedIn I'm trying to be a grown-up big girl that is a LinkedIn kind of a professional I'm working on it baby steps give me some grace but I'm really bad about like checking the messages there and all that stuff so anyway I can't believe I even like saw your message. So I'm, I saw a message from her just wanting to kind of connect and pick my brain about, because I'm kind of doing like the same thing. I just, you know, you know, I started my own format also before you a tiny, tiny, tiny bit in the beginning of the pandemic and kind of I'm doing this conferencing. So she, Ingrid reaches out to me with some questions on LinkedIn and we ended up getting on a phone call. I didn't even think about podcasting with you. That was not on my radar. I just wanted to answer your questions over the phone as opposed to in an email. And then when I got to hear about you and how interesting you were, I was like, this is perfect for my podcast. So here we are. So anyway, what I think is so unbelievably incredibly different and exciting about your program is the music. So you use Afrobeats and I would love for you to tell us, take us there. What are Afrobeats? Where did it, what is this genre of music? Where did it originate? Why are you using it? And all of the, all of it. Well, I think um, everything I've described so far, whether it's, you know, earth, wind and fire or animal inspirations, all of the movements are driven by a tempo. And Afrobeats, of course, just is kind of this lovely wrapping of the, of the whole package, um, but it's it's inter- integral and critical to the whole Masingi experience. Mm. Um, Afrobeats in and of itself as a music genre is primarily out of Nigeria, but I mean, really it's from a multitude of different African countries. Um, and I think, without, you know, with all due respect to anyone listening, um, as a culture um, in in North America, we're quite ignorant when it comes to, uh, you know, Africa, it's it's a continent, there is over 50 countries and uh, over a 1000 languages. Um, So it's, of course, a very diverse place in and of itself. Um, But what we've seen, especially over the last, I would say, five years, has been this really cool awareness of and, and global popularity of Afrobeats as a as a music genre. We're seeing it in movies like um, Black Panther and um, Beyonce. We were talking about <laughs> her, her concert that you went to. Um, you know, she remade The Lion King and um, collaborated with a lot of popular Afrobeat artists. So it's really kind of elevated itself into 
well, we're, we're very, of course, North American centric, but it's, it's kind of become mainstream from our perspective, but it's been mainstream in Africa for a long time, <laughs> uh, but we're, we're finally getting to, to benefit from it. And it's just a really catchy, upbeat tempo, but it's like a mellow tempo, if that makes sense. Um, Afrobeat yes. songs are typically around 110, 115 BPM. Okay. So they're not super fast, but it okay. allows you, it's kind of like a casual walking pace. Okay. So you can kind of move what I call moving on tempo or moving at half tempo. Mm -hmm. So it allows for a really um, controllable, safe pace mm -hmm. to do a lot of the movements, but you can also kind of add a pulse or add a jump to pick up pace. If you yeah. Can. That makes sense. Yeah, it actually makes perfect sense. I'm with you. I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, both from the perspective of, you know, of an African inspired movement practice, mm -hmm. it, of course, it complements from a cultural perspective, but it also complements from a pacing pr perspective. I did, after we spoke, I did Google Afrobeats and I read about the the sort of the history and I listened. And one of the things that I took away from listening to some really cool YouTube, uh, you know, conglomerations of Afrobeat. It was, is that it felt, it, all of it felt uplifting and happy. It all sounded, it all had this like, cause I love all kinds of music. I love all kinds of music, but what better to marry with an exercise format that's something that just, it all just felt good. And it made me feel like moving. So it's pretty, that, pretty that's wonderful that you pick up on that because, you know, I think in this day and age as well, we've, we've kind of relaxed as an industry and just, you know, the whole, you know, explicit lyrics. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of negativity in, in lyrics that, you know, we just kind of accept nowadays. And it's kind of like lyrics seep in, they seep huh. in on a cellular level, in my opinion. They and do. When you surround yourself by positive with positive people and doing positive things and hearing positive language, it has an impact. So I, I appreciate that about Afrobeats as well. I would agree. It's uh, for the most part, it's, it's always talking about uh, positive things. I, I'm sure this like uh, stimulates your exercise psychology brain and your all your study, but yeah, I agree. It's just like what we put, it's just the same thing as like what we put in our body, what we eat, what we put on our skin, the influences, our friendships, the, the people we follow on Instagram, the lyrics of the songs we listen to, it all is shaping who we are. And it, again, not, not just in the lyrics, but also in the tone of music. Like I do like all kinds. So I even like music that might sound a little angry or something like that, but I, it, you know, we need to tread with caution and just know, I mean, that can be motivating too, you know, sure. lifting weights, just something like that, but has its it, purpose, but um, yeah, it, it, it does, but just to be aware and uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. It, like I sometimes think about that. Sometimes I listen to things at night before bed, whether podcasts or music. And I, um, and I, I just think like, if I fall asleep and this is on, like it's, it's still working on me. It's still working on me, even if I'm asleep. So I need to be careful what I'm putting in. For sure. So do you think that with Afrobeats, do you think that this will appeal to African-American instructors and communities? I, I would hope so. And, and I think so. Uh, you know, it's, um, 
we've we've and happily so we've gotten more culturally diverse in in all spaces but in the fitness space as well and i think everyone kind of automatically thinks about zumba as being yeah. a latin centric uh, of course global phenomenon uh, of course we have yoga uh, originating from from india so how about how about something that is from an Afrocentric perspective, and I think African Americans are going to definitely, you know, see themselves reflected in that um, that culture and want to um, pursue and hopefully get engaged in uh, in becoming a Masingi instructor or participating in Masingi classes. Well, I am so excited for you. I'm really drawn to people and interested in people who are creative and original and unique and 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 find new concepts or go against the grain or do things out of the box and i honestly feel like you're onto something oh, i think I, I think that the it, the success of a program like it, it you're not you're not reinventing a wheel here and you're you're it's there's nothing like it there's not, there's not a format like it. And I, mm -hmm. I know you're going to be successful because of that. I know that you're going to be successful. I, I couldn't be, I couldn't be happier for you. And I, I barely know you, but I feel oh, incredibly so proud of you, happy to know you. And I'm just going to watch you be the next, um, the next Zumba. Okay. So I'm here for oh, yeah. it. That's, that's the goal global domination, right? But, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you're, I'm in great company, of course, you're forging the way with a fantastic brand that's Thank really you. captivating as well and accessible. Uh, so I think, you know, our industry in general, I would say like, we don't need to have a piece of the pie mentality because there's right. so many people that we need to serve. Uh, so the more variety, diversity, options that we can give people, um, the better we all are. So um, I, I'm in the journey with you. <laughs> yeah, let's, I so agree. And I feel like the industry, uh, I'll say this because I, in some ways, I'm just like a, a step. I've, my programming has been out just a little longer than yours. So I want to encourage you by saying that I feel incredible receptivity, almost thirst and hunger for newness. I I feel like it's the industry right now is ripe for new and and different. And so uh I'm excited. Yes, come on in the water's warm. It's not a piece of pie. If they okay. if they if they if they if they decide to get certified in Masingi and, and not warrior, it doesn't mean there's less for me. We're on this, it's we're on the we're we're on the same team. So um okay, so I do end my podcast with a confession and I would love to hear like, what did you come up with? Do you have a confession for us today? Oh my gosh. I wish I had something like exciting <laughs> and salacious, but <laughs> I don't, um, goodness. Um, I mean, I guess in addition to, you know, doing what I do, which is, you know, a fantastic job that I love. Um, I'm also always, planning a vacation. <laughs> so I love to, my, my family and I, we just um, love to, you know, book amazing destinations. So right now I'm planning a, a cruise in Italy in 2025. Oh, yes. And um, that's, that's what my husband's aware of. What he's not aware of yet is I've got plans for 2026 and 2027. <laughs> 
So there you go. Always having something on the horizon to train for and look forward for all, all of that. It's, it's all good. That's <laughs> probably quite restorative too, with all the hard work. And are you someone that likes the anticipation, like knowing that vacation is planned, like the anticipation that it's coming, is that just as satisfying as the vacation itself? Um, typically, yeah. Um, and I mean, I also, I also like to um, compete in events, uh, oh. you know, so sometimes it's the, kind of the combination of there's that something to train for, and then turn that once the event is over, to turn that into a vacation. It's oh, a to, okay. To it all in. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another strategy, uh, just kind of keeping my own training on point and my own, you know, uh, goals. But uh, but also having the uh, having the dessert, so to speak. See, right? this is your exercise psychology again. There we go. There it we is. Go. You're you're the reward. <laughs> I love it so For much. Sure. Okay, so uh, okay, I need to tell the audience something. I was going to release this episode later, after the two that I have already in the pipeline. In fact, <laughs> in the ep my next solo episode that you will hear, I actually tease out this interview that, that I knew was going to happen. Sorry. No, I, I know. I'm going to, I know. So Ingrid messed me up today, but here's the deal. She, so I, I, I'm just going to say I do because you're going to hear this episode first now. So the next episode you hear is going to be a solo episode where I go into what it takes and how to create your own format. And then the following week is really cool. It's going to be what it takes and how to own your own studio. So those two kind of go together. So in my solo episode, I was so excited about interviewing Ingrid that I talk about it. I mean, I didn't say her name and I didn't say Masingi. I just said, I'm going to be interviewing soon uh, this amazing woman who has this original program. And I can't wait to, I can't wait. To, I, so I teased that episode. So anyway, I was talking to Ingrid before we started to record today and she has an opportunity. Oh, I need to ask you a couple more questions before we go here about your certification, like what it, what the day, what it entails. I forgot to ask you that. I need to go back there in just a second. So she's going to tell us what all her certification process that it entails, how to do it. And because she has an opportunity coming up, it's time sensitive. It's yes. in like, it's in like two or three weeks. So because of that, I am going to, I want to help her and I want to launch this episode first. So anyway, this episode is going to come first. Then you're going to hear an episode where I talk about it as if it hasn't happened yet. All right, Ingrid, tell us about the certification process, please. Okay. Uh, so yes, there is a full-fledged Masingi Master Trainer Certification course, uh, ideally for um, existing group fitness instructors or personal trainers. I think it's important to have a foundation uh, as a prerequisite because you're going to have a much more successful time grasping all of the, the queuing and um, being able to deliver fantastic Masingi classes. Uh, that said, it is a six-hour in-person or online course with some additional hours expected after the fact, because I do expect a video submission to sign off on uh, any Masingi Master Trainer. Um, but it is, um, it's going to be subscription based. However, I wanna emphasize that it's not pre-choreographed. Masingi gives you the tools 
and structure, but then instructors get to mix and match and create their own classes oh. based on playlists that I provide through the Vibes music app. Yes. So there's kind of two things that I'm uh, I'm plugging today, and that is my, my next course is on March 2nd. Um, folks can go to missingimovement.ca to learn more about Missingi and also register for, for the course. Uh, and then secondly, uh, getting onto the Vibes music app is a fantastic way to get your royalty-free music. Uh, they're, trust me, they're the only music app that has Afrobeats. Mm -hmm. So if you want to just, you know, be at peace with your liability as it pertains to music rights, uh, Vibes is the way to go. And I'm just going to announce it here. You're going to get a 15% discount by using the code Missingi2024. Awesome. So there you have it. Can I uh, clarify a couple things that I heard you say? Did you say it's a prerequisite that they have their national certification, a prereq? Yes. In in group fitness and or PT? And or a dance uh, degree and or a A degree in a related field. Exactly. Like, it's mm -hmm. very broad, but mm -hmm. I just like to know that people aren't coming in completely green mm -hmm. because I am going to be talking about, you know, core engagement and certain names and of, of, you know, traditional exercises that we then tweak to make them Missingi exercises. But uh, it's, I think, um, you know, this is evolving. This is still a program in yeah. its infancy. Um, and I think we we kind of touched on this a, a little bit in our conversation before too. There's kind of this, the pros and cons of creating barriers really. Um, yeah, friction. I would still, even if one doesn't have a certification, I I would encourage you to reach out because I have a lot of information on you know right. really practical ways to go about it. Um, but my goal is to set everyone up for success. And right. the reality is, if if you have zero fitness background and you just jump in to taking the course. I mean, you're still going to benefit, but if you actually want to teach and be successful at teaching, um, you're going to need more than just a Missingi course. So then what, then you, they submit a video and you're going to review it. And then how long till they expect, do they have a certain amount of time to submit that video? They have 90 days. Okay. And okay. I, um, we, we stay in constant contact. Um, I, I love getting, getting the videos as soon as possible. It gives me an opportunity to give feedback. So um, that's uh, a process that, you know, most instructors, I, we, we might be veering off on a little bit of a tangent, but in my 25 years doing this, mm -hmm. what I know for sure is that instructors crave and deserve feedback. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare that instructors are getting annual let alone more frequent uh, performance reviews. Mm. You know, how, what are they doing well? Where can they improve? And this is a process that um, that really incorporates- Allows for that, yeah. And, uh, and, and is very beneficial. I see. So then, oh, so you said then the next one opens March 9th and that is- Oh, March so, 2nd. I, I, that's what I meant. Thank you. March 2nd, March 2nd, March 2nd. So, <laughs> and then do you have, is it through Zoom? So yes. that people from all over, anywhere, international, as time zones exactly. just need to match. And you're in the Pacific Standard Time Zone. Pacific, yeah. And so it's, it's a six hour, so six hours live. And then this group, 
are they kind of almost like a cohort? Like, do they get to? Yeah, connect? yeah. Um, typically, uh, this will be my third course. Uh, and what I found is that, yeah, they, they create chat groups. Um, and uh, it's a great way to just get support from one another and share ideas. Um, they send video clips to themselves, to, to each other first. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's a very collaborative process. Uh, and, and again, very beneficial for the, for the learning process. All right. Well, I will put that the website, all of that stuff, Vibes app, everything you said, we can put in the show notes. You guys can check that out for links. Also, before we totally wrap, what, where can they find you? How can they follow you? We know you're on LinkedIn and I found yes. you on Instagram too, which is <laughs> which, like more you know, my home base. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at that either, but, uh, uh, you can find me on Instagram, um, either, uh, my, my name, I night Kogi, which, uh, is, is a mouthful I know, or, uh, <laughs> Masingi movement. Okay. Uh, um, that's, uh, that's the Instagram? easiest. Oh, I don't think I'm following Masingi movement, but I will, as soon as we, as okay. soon as we stop recording. <laughs> and then also wh where can they find you? I know you're presenting at idea this year. Yes. Uh, well, Two sessions. depending on when, when this is released, there is the idea, a ACSM summit on February 24th. I'll be doing a Masingi session there in Chicago. Yes. Yes. Okay. Chicago, uh, as well as the full idea world conference, uh, in July. Um, right now I'm not slated to do a Masingi session, but I will be there delivering two other sessions, uh, that are more on the business track. Okay. Uh, well, one is called Grow Your Classes. So I'll probably plug Masingi in there somehow. <laughs> and the other one, believe it or not, the other one is all about pickleball. Oh, I believe it. Oh, I believe it. You know, hey, we know that that's like just it's the rage popular so it's... um putting together a pickleball class uh is is something that you know most pre programmers are hopefully scratching their head thinking how am I going to put this together um so I've, I've got some ideas around that that's wonderful well thank you so much for to carving out some of your busy week and your busy day to Likewise. bless our audience with all of your all uh, everything you bring to the table I'm so excited about your program and I wish you all the success in the world Thank you. Thank you so much, Alan. This was really a lot of fun. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining in on the Confessions of a Group X Instructor podcast. If you're interested in becoming a warrior instructor, go to warriorinstructors.com. But if you want more and found this episode amazing, please give us a rating. And with a simple click to subscribe, we'll invite you back to our next episode. So remember, be brave, be bold, be blessed. And above all, listen, learn, love.